Ed Robertson, welcoming you to this week's edition of TV Confidential, radio talk show about television that will welcome back Adam Sharp in our second hour. Adam Sharp, president of the National Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences, a.k.a. the Daytime Emmy Awards. In case you missed it, both the Daytime Emmys and the Primetime Emmy Awards have been working together on two major changes that will go into effect in 2022, one of which marks the most significant change in the Emmy Awards platform in almost 50 years. We'll talk to Adam about that. We'll also ask his thoughts on the recent passings of two television institutions, not to mention two major Emmy Award winners, John Madden and Betty White. Adam Sharp will join us in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that coming up later on. This hour, we will play part two of a conversation that began last week with Spike Jones biographer Jordan Young that particularly focuses on Spike Jones' career in television. Among other things, we'll talk to Jordan about how Spike came oh so close to collaborating with Ernie Kobach's back when Ernie hosted The Tonight Show and the circumstances that forced NBC to cancel this partnership before it ever began. We'll play part two of a conversation with Jordan Young later on in the hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. As well. In the meantime, we'll begin our program this week with remembrance of our friend Ron Bacon. Ron Bacon, Emmy Award winning associate director and a true pioneer of network television who worked in many different forms of television and in many different capacities throughout his career, including variety shows, live specials such as the Academy Awards broadcast, game shows, sporting events such as the 1984 Olympics, which is the broadcast for which Ron Bacon won his Emmy Award, as well as news programming, documentaries, and occasionally such scripted shows as Barney Miller and the second pilot for All in the Family. Ron Bacon passed away Tuesday, December 21st at the age of 91. Ron Bacon was also an accomplished musician. You'll recall that Ron's background in music played a major role in Ron landing his first job with ABC Television. Ron and I talked about his music background and how that shaped the second act that he enjoyed when he retired from television in the 1990s as part of a conversation that he and I recorded a few weeks back in the fall of 2021. We will play the first part of that conversation with Ron Bacon as part of our program tonight. We've touched on your musical background and how that helped you get your foot in the door of television when you first started your career. Your musical background um, surfaced in another way, after you left television, you wrote a musical called The Chicken Man. Yeah, that was a big deal for me. That was a big deal. Yeah, was there a latent desire to write a musical in you? How did how, how did you first come up with this idea? It was a, a, an adventure over many years. In 1960, I flew with my wife to New Orleans, and we got in my little airplane, and we got caught in a hurricane, so we... In, while we were in New Orleans, I had to, my plane was grounded, I couldn't fly out of the place, and we got stuck there. And so we survived this hurricane. But it was the people I met during the hurricane and all the stuff that went on that created the beginning of this story, which really began with Hurricane Florence. And uh, Hurricane Florence came in as a, as a Hurricane was a Category 5, but it never made it to 5. By the time it got to shore, it 
fizzled. And, of course, everybody in town was happy about it. <laughs> we stayed in a uh, hotel on Bourbon Street during the, the storm, and we went <laughs> to a bar there that, that they had in the, across the street from the hotel, and, and uh, the night of the hurricane spent it in a bar <laughs> listening to a Travis-type piano player <laughs> and, and some other engaging people. All this was a background for my meeting a guy called the Chicken Man. And the way I met the Chicken Man, we needed to buy some candles because we were afraid the power was going to go out. And the only thing that was open was this voodoo shop but with the Chicken Man. So I, uh, I go to the voodoo shop, and the guy's on the phone. He's talking to somebody, and he put, well, he's on it for the longest time. He gets off the phone, he says, I'm sorry, I was uh, talking to the Dallas Police Department. I said, what was that about? He said, well, he said, I, I find lost, uh, missing persons, or I find corpus delecti, or, or I could find anything or anybody for them, and, and that's, that's one of the jobs I do. And he, he said he, he was associated with Buddha, and I said, well, that's interesting, because I was doing some producing at the time for, uh, for Fox television. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, would you be interested in doing a TV show? He said, sure. And I said, well, I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to have you on. I had previously done some segments on Voodoo and on Fox that were uh, shot in 80. So anyway, I had a familiarity with all this, but this was 1960. Well, all that went away, and uh, because Fox never did the, the show that I wanted to do because they got, the show got canceled. So I never got any further with the Chicken Man, but later in 1980, I'm hearing the uh, news that Chicken Man passed away and they're doing a big celebration in Marty. In, in New Orleans. Yeah, for, for him. And, and it's one of those uh, parades where they everybody, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen one of them, but they're pretty interesting in Mardi Gras. Yeah, well, it and certainly for a local hero, a local legend, when he passed from this world to the next, I mean, I, I, I can imagine he would be celebrated because he was a very important part of the culture of the French Quarter at the time he lived. Yeah, he was indeed, you know, and uh, they said that his celebration was, was as big as, as the one they did for Louis, you know. Louis wow! <laughs> so that made him pretty damn important. Well, yeah. it was a big deal in, in New Orleans, not not maybe in your town, but but you know. So anyway, uh, many years later, I'm retired from ABC. I got nothing to do, and uh, a, a producer asked me if I would uh, create a, a show for her at, at a theater, a local theater. That, was in Sedona, where I happened to live. And yeah, right, right. At this at this point, you had moved from Los Angeles to Sedona, Arizona, where you've lived since. Tired completely, yeah. and and my wife uh, and I we had we had been doing some singing around Arizona. She was a, a wonderful singer, and we had a kind of a cap, Captain and Sunil act, and we we did shows all over the place, all over Arizona. But we're going back. I don't want to get distracted from. We're talking about Chicken Man. So what happened was um, I had one of the people I, I worked with was a, a, a guy 
named Sammy Davis. Now, this is not the same Sammy Davis Jr. This is Sammy Davis, a different guy. Yeah. But who was a formal uh, football player with Dallas. And uh, Sammy was a wonderful singer and had appeared in Las Vegas uh, doing a lot of shows and was uh, awarded for his work uh, at one of the hotels. So Sammy, and I, I worked with Sammy doing some stuff with him, and I, I got pretty close. So when this lady asked me if I would uh, produce a show for them at the theater, I said, sure, without knowing what it was going to be. But what you do is you start drawing on things that you know, the people you know. Mm -hmm. So that brought together my mind. I was thinking about the Dallas uh, thing, and, and I was thinking about the possibility of, of getting Sammy, possibility of doing a storm, <laughs> show, about the, show about the storm. That gives you the elements you need. So I... Called Sammy and said, "Would you be interested in working with me if I did a, 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 a musical?" He said, "Sure." And I said, "Well, I'll be writing all the songs." He said, That's okay. So, uh, I mean, I did this amazing thing, and uh, well, I, my my granddaughter uh, Emily wound up doing an amazing job on the show. She was the ingenue one of the greatest, most unbelievable young actresses I've ever, I've ever worked with. Was she the girl who played Gator? Gator, yes. Okay. Extraordinary talent. And just a lot of fun to work with. And uh, all these people I worked with were all people I had met in Sedona, musicians I'd worked with. And uh, there were actors and people who were living in Sedona who had worked on Broadway. I got a, this, ter this terrific cast. And uh, I wrote this show uh, over oh, a period of, of months. It took up almost an entire year of my life. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is that I relied on music that I had written back at, in the 60s after I met the Chicken Man. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. We are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Bros. I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. You're listening to a conversation with television pioneer and Emmy Award winner Ron Bacon that was recorded in the fall of 2021 in which Ron is giving us the backstory 
of a musical that he wrote in the 1960s called The Chicken Man, which was based on real events and a local figure in New Orleans known as the Chicken Man who practiced voodoo and who helped the local police find missing people. Ron met the Chicken Man one day in the early 1960s while he was stranded in New Orleans due to a hurricane. Ron Bacon passed away this past Tuesday, December 21st, 2021 at the age of 91. Ron is giving us the backstory of how he finally mounted the Chicken Man as a musical which he produced for a theater in Sedona Arizona in the early 2000s. First song I, I, that one of the main songs in the, in the show is called The Chicken Man. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that song right after I met the real Chicken Man. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. Well, look, you're a writer. A writer, a good writer anyway. <laughs> When they have an idea, when they have a concept, whether it's a complete concept or just the basis of a concept, they write it down before it forgets because inspiration comes and goes. And when and if you don't, it's a magical process. Yeah, I wish I could tell people how things come together when you simply want to get something done. Because mm-hmm. I I needed all kinds of help about learning about voodoo. I needed to really understand it. I needed to to have a, a real knowledge of, of a lot of things. I had I wrote sixteen songs. Well, that's a lot of music. And where the heck does it come from? But what's interesting about it? Once you start the process and you get into it, things start to help coming together. I had no idea how I could do the show on a stage as small as we had at this little Charles Rizon Theater. But all of a sudden, an art director comes into my life, a guy with a doctorate degree in, in art direction, and he shows me how we could do it with three revolving stages. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful, but how the heck do I get get them built? Then a friend of mine shows up from Texas. He says, oh, I'm bored. I'll come do it for you, and I won't charge you anything. <laughs> how does that happen? And then... I meet a voodoo priest who looks at my script and tells me what I need to do to make changes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just the most—it's the most incredible thing. It starts out very slowly, and at first you're kind of terrified because you got nothing much, but just the the intent of doing something. But then all of a sudden, stuff starts to happen, and it is honestly that. Creativity is the most magical, beautiful process. And I was so very proud of my musical because it worked out so extremely well. I, the actors were great. Everything worked out great. The problem we have with the show is that there was never a, a really good recording made of it. The only thing we have is a tape that we made. The fire department would only let us have a camera at the back of the theater. Yeah. And it was shot with that camera, but they wouldn't allow any cords to come to it, so the only sound we had was what leaked into the, the camera, and it was a very primitive camera, because that, in that time, there just wasn't quality stuff we have now available, but uh, we had that uh, copy of the show, and it was such a gigantic success, I just always felt like it, we should do more with it, but I didn't know how, and well, so that's when I made this uh, 
copy of it with the uh, subtitles, and I think it sort of works. What do you think? Considering considering the circumstances that you just laid out, I found the video to be watchable. It's a little it's a little blown up. It's a little, but you can make everybody out. You can make out all the actors. The sound level I thought was better then uh, you may have thought, but then again, I'm talking to a musical professional. So you've got a, you've got a slightly uh, hi- higher ear standard than I do. But, uh, but I give credit you... to my son, Britt uh, Bacon, who is a professional. What He, he works at Paramount. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has his own recording studio, a $50,000 studio in his home. And uh, so when I... I, I gave the tape to him, and he did the best he could with the audio. So I had the top of the top. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So okay. So it it did you you did have some professional enhancement done to it. It is watchable. It is hearable. Uh, you can enjoy the Chicken Man for free at ronbacon.net. Ronbacon.net. The Chicken Man two-hour musical comedy that Ron wrote and produced and scored, and cast, and everything everything needed to do in order to get a musical done. Ron had his hand on in, in one way or another. Chicken Man, two-hour musical comedy set in the French Quarter of New Orleans about life, love, hope, voodoo, uh, <laughs> uh, and keeping a positive attitude even when a hurricane is brewing. There is also a little bit of Faust thrown in about you know what happens when you sell your soul to the devil in a desperate situation you can enjoy uh the chicken man for free ronbacon.net ronbacon.net i i want to talk about one part go ahead the subtitle of the movie is it's all about love and that really to me summarizes what this movie was all about or my i'm not movie but uh, musical musical stage musical it's all about love. It, it, that resonates all the way through it. That's one of the major, that is the, probably the major song in it. It's all about love. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you a little science story about that. The, where, I, where I got that title from was from my granddaughter. She had written that on a, on a blackboard, I don't know why, in chalk. <laughs> I, I just thought, well, that might be a good good subtitle for my show chicken man it's all about love because that that's what the real theme of this thing is and i had people come to me after the show and they said mr bacon i have seen your show three times and it has changed my life well that's pretty good that's (laughs) the best you can hope for is that it makes it, it entertains people that the audience laughs when they're supposed to laugh, that they applaud when they're supposed to su- applaud, that you elicit the kind of reaction you hope to elicit from an audience. When you, when you get feedback like, it changed my life, it really, it really hit home for me. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. I, that was a, the show ran for an entire month and, uh, there were 18 performances, and uh, the reason it stopped was because we couldn't use the theater anymore because the fire department said it needed to have some expensive uh, water uh, 
things that set off when there when there's a fire. They, Sprinkler system. Yeah, right. And and they couldn't afford it, so that was what caused the end of it. Because I think it could have gone on for a very long time. You're listening to a conversation with television pioneer and Emmy Award winner Ron Bacon that was recorded in the fall of 2021, in which Ron is giving us the backstory of a musical that he wrote and produced called The Chicken Man. Ron Bacon passed away Tuesday, December 21st at the age of 91. Take a quick time out. We'll play more of our conversation with Ron. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.